nutrition, gut health, mental health, hormones, and so much more. These all play roles in sustainable weight management. So I scour the globe for top experts in fitness, health, and weight loss to bring to you this podcast. So take a seat and enjoy the ride. Welcome back to the Zika Health Show. This is weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. I have another powerful interview for you today, Shana Keller. She teaches the reflux relief method. Now, Shana work, of course, like anybody I bring on this show, is fantastic. And what she mainly does is she helps am- ambitious women master chronic heartburn so they can enjoy eating again. Mm-hmm. So hear that? Master chronic heartburn so you can begin eating again. That, that means you don't have to take tums, the tum, tum, tums. There are things you can do. But I mean, I'm not gonna lie, tums kind of does can I I've taken I took tums when I was 10, I think, the only time in my life, and it was actually pretty delicious. But being healthy is a whole different story. <laughs> but I digress. So in this episode, we're gonna talk about acid reflux, heartburn the rules that stress play, because we know how much I love to talk about stress. It's a silent killer Mm -hmm. and a whole lot more. So with that being said, let's bring on the expert, Shana Keller to the show. Hey, Shana, how are you? Hey, great to be on the show. I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate your kindness and having me on the show today. No, thank you. This is going to be, actually, you're being kind to me because this is going to be huge from our audience. I've had a couple episodes already we talk about GERD we've had talk about acid reflux but you're going to get deeper into heartburn which mm-hmm. is huge which is huge so with that being said you told me a story at the beginning of the podcast I want you to rehash that as well tell us about yourself tell us about your qualifications yeah so I am a licensed naturopathic doctor in the state of Colorado um, but before that I had a health journey like a lot of people have including yourself Um, And at 17, I was on three different asthma medications, four different heartburn, gastro, gut issue medications, and four, five uh, mental health drugs. So what, that's like 11 medications right there at the gate at 17 years old. And that's not including the -the over-the-counter medications I was taking here and there. So I was pretty drugged up early on in my life and I did not feel good at 17, as you might imagine. And now today, fast forward 14 years later, um, I am on zero medications, healthier than I've ever been. Just did my first pull-up actually on Friday. Still can feel my lats sore from it. And it feels really good. It feels freeing to be healthy in my body. I would, so the episode I recorded right before this one, I was talking to Christian Elliott. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about celebrating your wins, right? And enjoying those moments. And the fact that you said you did your first pull-up on Friday and you still feel it, and I can see the smile on your face, it's, it, that's, that's awesome. Cause that's something I would do. I'm like, I just, the first time I did a single leg squat, I was like, oh my God, I actually did this. 
and you know now I have to find something else to challenge me. So you know mm-hmm. whatever. But yeah, and that that's 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 fantastic. But I, and I love the fact that your journey is similar to mine because that's why I bring people on the show who understand the importance of Western medicine, or so we call it. Because it, it does have its importance, right? If I get shot, I'm not going to say I'm going to inhale some essential oils right. and then my wound's going to go away. Like, it doesn't yeah. work like that. Take some honey out tea, you'll be fine, right? No, no, no. <laughs> exactly. You know, I'm going to drink some tea. I'll be all right. It'll go away. But, you know, it's, it's the, for day-to-day practice, we need some help. Mm-hmm. Day-to-day things. In fact, I look at even drugs. Like, the, the stuff that we take in um the at Walgreens or CVS, right? Just the day-to-day stuff doesn't need a prescription. Those for me are the true gateway drugs because eventually there are side effects. And then the side effects, as you take them and keep taking them, it gets worse and worse and worse. And then you have to take something that's prescribed because you've screwed up your 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 gut, your gut fauna. You've killed a lot of your good gut bacteria. You've caused so many issues that eventually you now you have to take something trying to counteract that. And then the side effects from the prescription, you have to take something else to counteract that side effect. And you were on 10. If you had continued that journey, you probably would have been on 20 by now. Versus yeah. now, just like me, with my asthma, you're on zero medication. So mm-hmm. thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Now let's talk, let's talk about the foundations of our health. What are they? Yeah, so I love talking about these, and this is how I start every visit with every one of my patients, is like a house, if you have crappy foundation to build a house on, the house will collapse. You can take all the supplements that you want, but if you're not breathing well, if you're not sleeping well, if you're not hydrating, notice I didn't say drinking water, if you're not moving your body in a way that feels joyous and fun to you. And the last category, I kind of clumped together a few things, which I call relations. And that's your community, your spirituality, and your um, food, and also what you're consuming on a regular basis, not just diet, but like if you're hanging out with really negative people or listening to death heavy metal that's talking about suicide and watching drama TV, I'd be really hard pressed to uh, say that your life is probably pretty good to go. You're probably feeling really stressed out inside your body if that's kind of what you're surrounding yourself with. So I have those conversations with everybody I work with because you know if you're sleeping four hours a night, that's your best anti-inflammatory and it's free. So how are we going to be able to build your system up? And yeah, new parents, like there's some things that like, okay, we have to work around, but that's temporary. You're not a new parent for 10 years. You're a new parent for a couple of years. Get the kid adjusted, right? And I, I really, I, the order of this really does matter to me. I've flip-flopped between breath and sleep. And I think breath ultimately is the most important because it helps to regulate our nervous system. But what's tricky is if you get crappy sleep for multiple nights, say like four nights in a row, you're going to feel more anxious or more depressed or more on edge or however you generally show up. Um, And so then your breath is going to be restricted. So they really go, those two go hand in hand, in my opinion. Uh, But breath is, um, as Wim Hof says, a love note to your body. And I fully agree with that. And it was life-changing for me to learn how to regulate my breath. So when I wake up every morning, the first thing I do is I do breath work, right? It's about 10 minutes with some guided meditation. And actually, by the time I'm done, I feel, I wouldn't say sleepy, but I feel so relaxed Mm -hmm. and just calm. And I get up, take a shower, start moving around. 
because we know we all get that morning cortisol kick, right? That's what wakes up, wakes us up, the morning cortisol response, right? Yeah. Or so, or a cortisol awakening response, I should say. So by leveling it out, by meditation, doing proper breath work, the book Breath by James Nestor is the best book on that topic. Fantastic book. Go check it out. Mm-hmm. You can really change your life. Agreed. Right? Yeah. And of course, with the quality of sleep, I have a I have a article on my blog, Zico Health, um, Zico, ZicoHealth.com, draw a blank there, on how to get quality sleep. It's one of my highest read articles. I believe, I know hundreds, if not that, at least a thousand people have read that so far. So it's something to check out because we need to learn to reset our circadian rhythm and get quality sleep. But I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. You said, you didn't say drinking water, you said hydrate. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by that? So I find this to be a really common thing. People, especially athletes or anybody that moves their body on a regular basis, they are drinking water. That's great. I'm so glad you're hydrating and you're also peeing 15 times a day. So you are literally not retaining any of that water. So we are electrical beings. And what I mean by that is, is we have electrolytes. So sodium, potassium, magnesium, calcium, um, phosphorus. So these are all things, if you remember back to any chemistry classes you took, they have positive and minus. So that's what makes them electrolytes is they have this ability to kind of exchange ions with each other. And we need those in our water. So a lot of the electrolytes on the market, in my opinion, are garbage because the main ingredient or the main three ingredients are sugar, 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 which we were sold a lie by a very well-known electrolyte, quote unquote, company um, that we need sugar in order to uptake our electrolytes, which isn't entirely true. It does help, but it's not necessary. So um, there are are a couple brands. I'm not affiliated with any of them. It's just what I like and what I've seen to be most effective for people is Soleil Salt Rocks as well as LMNT, a little more accessible than Soleil, unless you have access to the Soleil Salt Rocks from, I don't know, Himalayan, I forget the name of the company. Uh, But yeah, that helps you absorb. And you'd be surprised at how many conditions will um, alleviate themselves just by getting proper electrolyte balance in our system. So that's something I like to do. First thing I wake up about eight to 16 ounces of water, depending on how I'm feeling in the morning with a half a teaspoon of my soli salt. And I chug it right down and kind of changes the texture of the water, makes it a little bit more um, grabby, which is really interesting, but it, it, it feels good, feels right. Uh, last year, I watched a video by, uh, I went, I talked to Robert Lustig, I believe his name. Mm. And it was, uh, he was talking about electrolytes and, and hydration. And he brought up, I had to be careful on this show because I'm getting big enough people to sue me, but I highly doubt that Gatorade really cares about me. So he brought up um, the situation with Gatorade and he said, you know how delicious it is. It does taste really good, right? Kind of like a situation with Tums. I said like, it's delicious. I was popping in things like Skittles. But anyway, he, he asked the question, has anybody in the room ever drank the original Gatorade? They're like, no. It's like, I have. And you probably want to spit it out. Like, it's disgusting. It doesn't taste great. They put it on the market. People are not going to buy it. But they put all that sugar so people will like it. So you think, oh, I'm getting my electrolytes. But not really because that's impacting your gastric emptying, emptying rate, right? So you, some glucose can help. It's not necessarily vital. But some glucose in the water can help. Agreed. However, you don't need half your water to be sugar. Mm-mm. 
you're just drinking lemonade with some with some potassium and sodium sprinkled into it basically at that point right so thank you very much for sharing that because that's something that's still not well highlighted now this is the heartburn show or episode i should say so we're gonna get into heartburn but before we get that let's talk about heartburn's little cousin right so what is the reflux relief method yeah so this is a step-by-step methodology that i've created over the last year um, and i've put it together so it's a 13-week self-paced course and you get a couple extra components to it. So you get some community and some support from me through group, group coaching. But what I really love about it is I get to help you transform and go from being afraid of food, which I was, and actually I just ate pork for the first time um, a couple years ago. And that was one of the first things I noticed that triggered me. And I ate it and I had this like whole, and it was totally fine. And I was like, wow, I get to eat sausage again. And that's so great. Um, so I get to help you go from feeling isolated and embarrassed to having food freedom and being able to enjoy granddad's barbecue. I lived in the South for a while. I'm a big fan of barbecue and, uh, tomato and vinegar, big heartburn flares for a lot of folks, and they just don't eat them. And what kind of barbecue is it? If you don't have vinegar and uh, tomato or mustard, if you're in the Carolinas and I want to be able to help you achieve that food freedom. So you don't have to feel afraid anymore. So are you telling me that the food is not the problem? Like, who knew that, right? Yeah, it's part of it, but it's not the only thing. And that's the problem I had um, with all the gastro docs I worked with is, is like, change your diet. It's all about your diet. It's just your diet. And like, that made me so afraid to eat. Literally at one point I was eating like three or four things. And every time that I would have a flare, I would restrict right back down to those same three things. And I love cuisines from all over the world. And that's no fun when you're eating chicken and white rice and maybe what was it? Carrots or broccoli or something. Those are great foods, but like, I like spices and spicy and flavor and not just plain. (laughs) There's a thing that individuals who are not in the fitness industry, they think we eat bland. They're like, this guy must really hate his life. Like you probably eat six meals a day. I season my food like no other. Like I, I do use better ingredients. I go organic. I use pink Himalayan salt. I use fresh black pepper. I season my food. I need to taste what I'm eating. If I'm the other day, I went to the store because I like the ice cream, for example, that I eat is a keto ice cream, right? My when I there's a brand that I love and it's really delicious. And the other day I was training a client and I couldn't get to Whole Foods. So I said, let me just grab this keto ice cream from a different brand, which is a well-known brand. And I'm not going to say the name because, you know, I don't want to sue me. And I said, let me try the keto ice cream. So it tastes like, and I went home excited. I'm like, okay, I just trained my client. I got home. I took my shower. I'm with my girlfriend's with me. Let's watch a movie. Mm-hmm. It'll be good. That thing tastes like paper. Like I was like, no, I can't eat this. Like I was like, no, if you, you could take paper and put it in the freezer and sprinkle some stuff on it, it probably tastes the same. Like, I'm like, what? This is a well-known ice cream brand and they're failing at the whole keto thing. Cause I'm like this. It's not that I was in ketosis, but I don't like a lot of sugars in my food. So I said, let me eat ice cream that's creamier, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's digress just to get out of the story because that I, I, I probably still have that taste in my mouth. Yeah. But yeah, yeah but, it's important. I fully agree. It makes food taste great. Right. And we think that we get people to the point that we're just afraid to eat. Like, you know, I'd rather enjoy food and take a pill than hate food and not take a pill. And then we give them, make it look like that's the situation, but no, like without, even with my asthma, I'm not gonna use the word heal, but I'm gonna say that with my asthma, I have 
I enjoy foods now that I couldn't enjoy then. But I had to take some foods out of my diet for a temporary time frame to get to the issue. And once I got to the issue, then I started to reconstruct. And now I eat just about everything without any issues. Like I was talking to my friend the other day and I said, I don't track my calories, but I'm just out of curiosity. Let's see what my calories are. So I'm going to track them today. We're doing this interview at 528 and I'm almost at 3000 calories on food that I eat. I eat a lot. It's not that I change anything. I eat exactly the same way I used to eat. I eat a whole lot of food, fish, chicken, beef, salad, um, fruits. I eat a whole lot and I enjoy it. And that's what I want for everyone who's listening to this episode or just the Secret Health Show in general, to know that you can enjoy food without, without having to damage yourself. You can enjoy what you're eating and still take care of your health and have and run optimally at the same time. Yep. Without restrictions fully. I agree with you hundred percent calories. They just don't matter. Like you said in the beginning, like quality is what matters. Exactly. Now let's talk about acid reflux. And my question to you is, does it cause heartburn? So those two kind of are synonymous. They get um, used interchangeably, even in like a uh, uh, medical literature. So the way I like to think about acid reflux is like a component of heartburn. So it's basically regurgitation of the stomach juices or other digestive juices, because we don't just necessarily have stomach issue or digestive um, issues from the stomach leading into uh, heartburn. So then you get regurgitation into your throat, whereas there's not supposed to be acid there or your voice box or your mouth, or even there are cases where people get it into their inner, their eustachian tubes in their ears, which is kind of crazy to me. Um, but there's some physiology that's really important to keep in mind. Um, most people actually have low stomach acid. What I mean by that is the pH of a normal healthy stomach is supposed to be one to two. That's very corrosive. If anybody again remembers chemistry class, hydrochloric acid will burn through your skin, burn through the table, and it doesn't burn through our stomach. How does it do that? We'll get to that in a minute when we talk about stress and heartburn. But so when we have pH that's too high in the stomach, say like a four, which is common actually with people that suffer from heartburn, there is a sphincter that cuts off the stomach and the esophagus. It's called the lower esophageal sphincter. And when you don't have enough stomach acid in your stomach, that stays open. So then what happens? You just ate a big meal. It was really tasty. Maybe you ate it with a little bit of paste, but sure, it should be no problem. That sphincter should close up but it doesn't. In fact, it stays open. And then, so your stomach starts making this, um, like if you put your hand in a sock and turned it inside out a couple of times, that's kind of the motion your stomach makes. And now you have that kind of like regurgitating back into your um, throat. And then maybe you lay down an hour after you eat and you have even worse symptoms because now you have gravity on your, uh, going against you. <laughs> so I don't have to drink expensive like alkaline water or anything like that to um, take care of my stomach. Is that what you're telling me here? No. And in fact, I see that that's, a, that's one of the mistakes I see people do. It helps. And so like you mentioned earlier, you need to take some things out of your diet for a little while so your body can heal and then it can tolerate those things. So the goal is always to get more tolerance towards life. Um, alkaline water is great for helping soothe. But what I see is people drinking alkaline water all day long, including with meals. And guess what? Might as well be taking Tums or PPI while you're eating because that's what you're doing. You're decreasing the pH, excuse me, increasing the pH of your stomach. Alkaline water can be all the way up to 10. I've even seen 11, which is 
crazy to me, but I mean, spring water is a little more alkaline, but yeah, no, I don't think so. And there's a reason why the stomach is naturally acidic too. So, you know, nature, our bodies are designed to protect and help us. Mm -hmm. And anything we do to try to just purposely change that, unless you absolutely need it, it tends to cause issues. And that's where we get, we fall in love with these products. So we feel like, okay, I'm going to drink this water because this, this water is going to reset the pH in my body. Well, that's not necessarily works. And we can geek out, geek out about that for the entire episode mm -hmm. of why that doesn't necessarily work. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't drink your alkaline water. I'm not getting into that. That's not my, not my place to say, but just stop and think about it. What are you really doing to yourself Exactly. without, because there are, there are reasons why there are certain vegetables that are more, have a more alkaline nature. Mm -hmm. So you know what? You want to adjust the pH in your body, eat some green leafy vegetables. Try that out for size, right? Instead of trying to um, buy expensive water. So just think about those things, people. Think about those things. Now, going, still talk, keep in, talk about heartburn. What are the two most common symptoms? Yeah, this is, this is an interesting question because what... I was taught in school and what my um, GI docs told me is like, and I, I was fortunate in that I did have the most common symptoms associated chest pain. So that's why people are like, oh my God, I'm having a heart attack. I'm going to go get an EKG um, and they're fine. Oh, you're just having heartburn. Oh, you're just having anxiety um, and a burning sensation. So that very common, like, oh, I feel that kind of like burn in my throat, maybe even into my mouth. But what I've learned over the last year of working with people specifically on heartburn is that people have these silent symptoms like post-nasal drip and they just say, oh, it's post-nasal drip. They don't even say, why do I have post-nasal drip? They just write it off or this weird cough that like can't quite pinpoint it, but eh, you know, it's not too bothersome, but it's kind of worse at night. Those are two very common symptoms I see with people dealing with silent reflux and they just don't know. And what's crazy to me is um, maybe we've all heard about HPV causing throat cancer. Well, crazy enough, heartburn is causing throat cancers at a rate that's higher. It's growing higher than breast cancer is in the U.S., which is very alarming to me and says that, hey, there's a lot more people experiencing silent reflux and they're getting totally left out because you're not experiencing chest pain and a burning sensation. So then EX... This now is concerning because, I, first of all, I've never heard of silent reflux. I don't know if you've panted to that name or that's, <laughs> that's mm -hmm. a medical name, but I have to say that that's actually really concerning because then we take the, the good tasting Tums, right? Because, you know, it tastes like candy and you can pop them all day long. By the way, I don't want Tums to come after me either, but it's probably too late at this point. But yet we're covering it, the issue, right? We're not dealing with the root cause. It's just like anything else. With my asthma, yeah, I was on all these great medications, but I never got any better. I, if I were still on my medications, I wouldn't be able to have the Zika Health Show. And actually, if I were, you would hope I wouldn't have the Zika Health Show. I wouldn't have a clue what I was talking about. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, it's really and truly like finding out what's happening and dealing with the root cause of the issue Mm -hmm. will always be the best option. Number one, agreed. Now, what are eight things to talk about when addressing heartburns? Because now we see the symptoms, right? Right. But what are some of the like huge things to talk about when we're actually addressing the issue? Mm -hmm. So not to get into politics, but salt is highly politicized. 
salt is important. And in fact, I think most people, um, barring a few exclusions, should salt their food to taste. Um, there is a, I've always had this suspicion about salt, but I didn't quite understand the physiology and in med school, no one really talked about it. They were just like, yeah, you know, if you have high blood pressure, no salt. So I grew up in a salt restricted household um, because my mom had high blood pressure and you need salt. Salt is sodium chloride. Chloride is important for creating stomach acid. So it, again, it's those ions we talked about earlier, and these are literally electrolytes. And again, if you are an athlete, you need to be salting your food. That is for sure out of everybody. Um, but the other things that are really important include nervous system regulation. So I mentioned breath, but also the vagus nerve is super important. It's one of our main, uh, it's the main nerve that helps regulate our parasympathetic nervous system or our rest and digest. And um, I teach a couple different methods to stimulate that, but breath is a great way to do that. It just takes some time to um, get comfortable with your body to be able to practice breath work. Of course, nutrition is important, but I feel like with heartburn that gets addressed very first. So it's one of the last things I kind of like tinker with unless someone comes to me and they've never tinkered with, you know, how they're eating. Um, liver and gallbladder health. This is really where I think the root cause of people that are dealing with chronic heartburn that haven't had it solved with conventional methods, whether that's with surgery um, or medications, and they're still experiencing a lot of symptoms. Even if you get better on medications, I would venture to bet that there's some issues with your bile. So some of the issues that can affect your bile include blood sugar issues, um, whether that's hypo or hyperglycemia, not to mention sleep hygiene and your level of activity. And then the other one that I think gets missed spoken about all the time is our emotional well-being. Um, this one was the hardest subject for me to personally deal with. Uh, I'm like a, I like people to think I'm a, I'm a cold and don't take this the wrong way, but like that I'm a kind of cold hearted bitch, but I'm a very compassionate, kind person. Um, it's just like a protective mechanism and it's just the energy, how I carry myself through the world. But, uh, talking about emotions is critical to your, um, underlying physical health. Wow, that's huge. Now I know you're not cold-hearted and any, any children that listen to this show, uh, just please cover up your ears from that section because now I'm, I'm rated, um, I'm rated MA. But um, thanks to those, that's, that's huge. Um, Riley Romasco I had on the show and Julie also uh, addressed some of those issues as well because, but my whole takeaway from everything there is that it's all interconnected. Mm -hmm. We have gotten to a reductionary mindset now right? Where it's like, okay, this is wrong. Let's test with this. Instead of stepping back and look at the whole picture, like with my asthma. Okay. Mm -hmm. You have an asthma. Let's take this medicine. Hopefully you'll feel better. Hopefully. Right. But when I looked at, okay, the nutrition piece, why is my body trying to defend itself? What's going on? If some foods that I'm eating is, is impacting my gut, why is it impacting my gut this way? And it was going back to the whole way I had to take some things out figure out where the problem was, and then address some of that. And that's why I'm glad there are doctors like you, because this is how we're going to get healthier. This is how we're going to get better. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, yeah, you go to a neurologist, you can see a gastroenterologist and a muscle doctor. But if you don't see someone that understands and sees you as a whole system, your head is connected to your toes, just like the story, the, the song we learned as kids, right? Head, shoulders, knees, and toes, knees and toes. There we go. Now, 
let's uh I, I lost my train of thought there now. So we're talking about addressing heartburn, right? Which is huge. So we need to we identify the issue and then we address it. Now let's talk about emotions, because that was your last piece that you really touched on there, which is something that we tend to neglect. Let's just fix the problem, don't worry about the, the emotion, no piece of it. Yeah. But we both know, or anybody who's in biohacking health and this for a long time, who knows what the heck they're doing, knows the importance of emotions. And I have tons of episodes on that. Yeah. So what are six ways to process emotions? Mm, good question. So I have a preference for writing and reading. Um, that's been something that's really helpful for me. So journaling. And people are like, oh, I have to do it a certain way. And you're thinking about it too hard. Just literally put a pen to a paper and just like go, whatever comes out. And it really helps to reflect what's going on in your internal world. Um, and I know writing is not for everybody. So there's other ways of doing it, um, creating art, whatever that looks like to you. For me, it's content for my Instagram, um, but for other people, it's painting and drawing and more of these like more fine artistic ways or learning to play an instrument um, or simply listening to music. Music has been super cathartic to help process emotions. And that's why we have music and it doesn't matter what language the music is even in, you can feel the emotion coming through the music and the way that it's orchestrated, it's beautiful. Uh, another way that is really helpful for some people is talking and venting. Now there is a difference between complaining and venting. Venting is like, oh my gosh, this thing just happened. I just need to tell somebody so I can get it out of my system. So I'm not thinking about it all day long. And then eventually it stacks and stacks and stacks. And you know, the, the reason it's so important to process our emotions kind of as, as they come up when appropriate, like obviously in the grocery store, you know, standing in line, maybe that's not the best place to like have a meltdown about something, but you can hold your composure, get home, do what you need to do to process. But I, I uh, attribute it to an analogy called um, you sweep in dirt under the rug. And after days, weeks, months, years of doing this, you have a big pile under that rug. And maybe there's some like mold and gross things. And now you have to like really clean it up and you know, maybe you have to replace the subfloor because it's gotten so bad, but that's kind of what happens in inside of us in the different dusty corners of our inner being if we don't take time to process. And it's not even necessarily every day. I'm not a big emotional person. I don't like to feel my feelings, but I know that if I don't, consequences, um, the repercussions are not what I want to experience. So I know I'm going to have to sit down and do some journaling and feel better about myself. What a lot of us don't get, because we hear these things and we say, oh, you know, whatever. But really, they are not like just techniques. They're really things that help us to look on the inside. Exactly. Well, something I've always, and especially as I've grown, something I've learned to do, if someone does something that makes me mad, I ask myself, why did it make me mad? Because mm -hmm. people used to say that to me, like, you know, you can't change the price of gas, right? Why are you getting upset about it? You can't change the price of gas. Right. And I say, but no, I'm still upset and I have the right to be upset. And I'm not saying you don't have the right to be upset, but you being upset has a bigger impact on your health mm -hmm. than the person you're upset with. The person you're upset with is probably moved on with their life, not even thinking about you. And then you hear mad and they make everybody else around you mad and just ruin the experience because you're mad. So then you got to stop and say, why are you mad? Like I've worked individuals that they call me when they get an email from their superior, right? And they say, 
Um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm mad. I got an email. I got a feedback, blah, blah, blah. And I, and I explained to him, I said, feedback is not bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that just for, just to say it. I'm saying it because these people I've worked with when I work with them. So they know how I respond to things. So that's why they call me. Mm-hmm. And I said, look, I've gotten many feedbacks. They copy my manager. They copy my director. And if it, if it makes me upset, I walk away from it. And I worry about it later. And when mm-hmm. I come back later, I'm like, it's not even a big deal. I never respond immediately. Because if I respond immediately... I'm going to be rated MA at that point. Right? Yeah. And so, and sometimes I got to think too, they say, well, they'll talk, they'll get upset. And then later on, they'll talk good about that same person I gave them the feedback. I says, mm-hmm. I said, okay, so you know, these, these people, this person, you know how, what their heart is like and how they are. So why are you getting offended based on what they said? Exactly. exactly. Right. So then it comes back to what's going on in our head. So then, so this, the flip side to the emotional piece is, journaling they do like i play guitar that's my thing that's what relaxes me right mm-hmm. i can't sing worth a lick but i'll still sing anyway mm-hmm. and i i'll sit out playing that relaxes me but what works for you something that just lets you reflect relax have your time have your five ten fifteen minutes you know i've had people say to me when i talk about meditation in the mornings and they said it's so great that your life is so you, easy that you have time for you have 10 minutes and you, have, you can meditate in the morning and I said you have 10 minutes you know what time I wake up I wake up at 5 30 every day I had, easy 5 30 every morning and that's why I have 10 minutes and I usually start working and moving around 6 30 because I want to start my day slow now I'm not saying that people don't have hectic lives I'm not saying that at all but you don't have 10 minutes what are you doing all day that you don't have 10 minutes yeah. 10 minutes so just think about it, people. Do we need to, if we don't take care of ourselves, like Anne said on the show on the early episode, you can't pour for an empty cup. If you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of everybody else. You no. have to be number one. No. And on my busiest days, in fact, I had a really hectic day last week and I made it a point to take 10 minutes to do some breath work and just like let my brain freak out about whatever it needs to freak out about. And then I was able to conduct my day in a very calm manner, even though I had to be in a bunch of different places that whole day. And like, that is what it is for, at least for me. It's like those busy days, I need to take that 10 minutes. So I am not a Hot mess moving through the day. <laughs> Perfect. Exactly. It, it's not few things happen to us in life that's just biological, physical. Mm-hmm. A lot of that, a lot of stuff is also psychological. And we have to connect all. So we talked about the symptoms of heartburn. We talked about things that we can do to improve heartburn. But now we're also talking about the emotional piece and how that's tied into mm-hmm. our health issues, including our heartburn. Mm-hmm. And doing those things will change your life. It may not get you off medicine completely, but it will change your life mm-hmm. in some way. And in a lot of ways can improve your situation. Because like you said about the vagus nerve, people don't realize how important a healthy vagal tone is. Mm-hmm. Gargling, mm-hmm. singing, humming, just doing those things to improve the health of your vagus nerve. And we, and uh, Riley Romasco and I, we discussed that, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, taking care of herself is huge. And I want to ask, um, at this point, I'm just going to say Dr. Keller, what would you like to add that I haven't said, I haven't asked mm. so far? Yeah. Um, 
If you guys are experiencing gut issues, one of the things that I have found to be super helpful for folks is visceral manipulation. It is a type of body work that's similar to craniosacral therapy, if any of you have had that, or some traditional osteopathic techniques. Um, and what I really like about it is, even if you've had surgeries, in fact, if you've had surgeries, um, even if you're pregnant, it's really helpful just to kind of get the organs moving in their natural flow state, which they can get stuck. And a lot of people I would venture to bet that have um, heartburn issues, have a stomach, gallbladder, liver, uh, stagnation stuck, it's jammed somewhere um, in visceral manipulation, the Burrell Institute where I got my certification from, which is where I re recommend you guys see a practitioner. If you can find, there's few of us, but definitely worth seeking out, just search in Google. Um, uh, that most of our muscle aches actually come from visceral restriction. So like our organs needing a little bit more space. So then we pull on things that are less important. So your muscles in your shoulder aren't as important as your heart and your lungs being able to move without feeling pinched. So we're going to pull a little bit there. So we have a little more give for the lungs to kind of expand and the heart to do its job, right? So visceral manipulation, check it out. That's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. I just learned something new because I, I wasn't familiar with visceral, um, said visceral manipulation. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I'm definitely going to do some research on that as well because that's absolutely fantastic for sharing that. And again, when if you have heartburn, acid reflux, or any health issue, it's never just one thing. And that's why working with, with um, experts like Dr. Keller is fantastic. I call her Shana. To you, she's Dr. Keller, but that's how it goes. Um, now, how can my audience get in touch with you? Yeah, um, I'm on Instagram at naturopathic underscore Dr. Shana, or you can send me an email at hello at West Elks, plural Elks, wellness.com. Happy to answer questions there. No medical advice on Instagram, though, of course. So we can always set up a 15 minute chat and see if we're a good fit for each other. Yeah, I had someone DM me the other day telling me that they have MS and they're wondering if um, what's my take on them getting vaccinated. I'm like, uh, you're uh, kind of asking the wrong person here, buddy. <laughs> You'll be fun. It's crazy how many the, the crazy DMs I get these days. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, that's I answered her in a way of, you know, letting her know who to speak to, but without being rude. But, you know, it's no medical advice on Instagram. If somebody's giving you medical advice on Instagram, don't take it. No kidding. Now, Thank you so much. This was a fantastic episode. I've actually learned a few things and some things I have to research now. So thank you very much for that, putting my brain to work. And I'll make sure that um, her information is in the show notes. Uh, it's going to be zikahealth.com slash Shana K, first name, last initial. I'm not very creative. So her, her contact information is going to be in the show notes. And um, this was great. Thank you so much, Shana. And um, enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Zico Health Show. If you got good quality content out of this episode, save, subscribe, and share it out there with family, friends, coworkers, or anybody who needs to hear this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.